Right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Me, Myself and Hopefully You podcast. I'm your host, Tariq, a 19-year-old university student currently experiencing a midlife crisis as he has no idea what he wants to do with his life. So rather than see a career advisor or a therapist, I decided to start a podcast where I invite guests from an array of backgrounds to tell me their story. And whilst finding out about them, hopefully I can find out more about myself too. So if you can relate, or maybe you just want to see where I end up, join me every Sunday right here. Ladies and gentlemen, this week's episode is all about the thing that everyone seems to be investing in without having a clue as to what it is. It's been in the news lately and it will continue to be on the news. It is cryptocurrency. Uh, Now, this week we cover topics such as what crypto is, why Bitcoin is at the forefront of it all, government attempts in trying to shut it down, and how it will lead to greater quality and improvement in quality of life for all. Uh, now joining me this week to dissect crypto is the man who predicted its rise nearly a decade ago when he told all of his YouTube subscribers to invest in it. In fact, if someone had listened to him and invested $100 into Bitcoin at the time, they would be a multi-millionaire. If only I'd listened to him, eh? My guest at this time now lives a lavish lifestyle because of his prediction, living in Dubai, Monte Carlo, and some of the most exotic locations in the world. So without further ado, the man to answer all of our questions it is Da Vinci Jeremy. So Da Vinci, I want to start off with, um, well, I'm just going to ask you straight away, um, how could, well, uh, could you just sort of introduce yourself to the audience, what you do um, uh, and who you are a bit? Well, my name is Da Vinci Jeremy. I'm currently living here in Dubai right now. I used to live in Chile and before that I lived in Canada. Uh, I'm a software developer and I studied uh, monetary history when I learned that money it was a, a big fraud because it transfers wealth from the poor and the middle class to the rich. And I realized that we had to, 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 to protect ourselves with gold and silver. And then I decided to do a YouTube channel right, to explain this to people in order to help more people understand this because no one did in my area, a circle of friends. And I wanted to, to make sure that uh, that I get, uh, that I educate at least one person. Um, over time, uh, I found out about Bitcoin. Somebody told me about Bitcoin because I was a software developer. I thought, no, there's no way this is possible because I know because I researched it, it's not possible to create a, a system that, um, you know, where you have a digital assets and it can't be copied. And so you know that, you know what, it's been transferred to another person. Well, Satoshi Nakamoto did create it and it did does work. When I realized in March of 2011, the price was actually $1 and I tried to convince my audience that it was a, a good thing to buy. Obviously they laughed at me and yeah, um, I kept pushing it because I knew that this was going to be a revolutionary currency. I even like offered my uh, my my viewers a, a guarantee of their money, right? That uh, if they invested in this, I, I would, uh, and they lost it all, right? I'd pay them back, right? And only five people took me up on the offer, and they are those five people are very extremely grateful. And yes, uh, so I currently have a YouTube channel, right? That uh, talks about mostly uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum, and uh, sometimes I talk about gold and silver. Yeah, no, I do enjoy um, your uh, your YouTube channel. I think I came across it on social media because someone shared a screenshot of your Bitcoin video and the date. And I thought, whoa, this guy, you know, was, was one of the few right at the beginning then that sort of saw it and was encouraging people to buy it. And like you said, this was March 2011 when it was only a dollar. 
compared to what it was when it was at its peak, um, you know, a, a lot of people probably made a decent amount of money. Do you know how much, uh, how, um, you know, you said that only five people really took you up on that offer. Do you know who, what the amount was, the highest amount that someone made was? No, I didn't ask them how much no. they, yeah. Uh, oh, okay, so, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, but they're still, it's still pretty mental. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, I understand that completely, yeah. No, I just wanted to see... Um, so I want to ask you, why did you feel so sort of confident? Actually, no, I want to start maybe a little bit from the beginning. When we talk about things like Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, this is still, I know for you, you've been studying it for, for a fairly long time. But for a lot of the young people that are sort of now, you know, hearing these words like crypto and blockchain technology and whatever, what is cryptocurrency? What is Bitcoin? And, and why did you think it was the future? And why are, are so many people still thinking right now that it is the future? Well, um, Bitcoin is just another digital way to transfer your money across um, around the world, around the world. So right now you can do it, of course, it's still possible to transfer your money around the world. Um, but try and do it, right? What happens is you have to fill out a massive form, right? You have to tell them why you're sending it, who you're sending it to, and then your address has to be correct. Their address has to be correct. You have to know the address of the bank. You have to know all these kinds of information before you could actually send it. And then once they do send it, it'll take five days. And by the way, half the time it gets lost. <laughs> so, so, and then you have to find it, go and find it. They have to do research. You have to do inquest, inquiries. So that's one of the reasons why Bitcoin is so superior to our current system. But the real superiority comes in the fact that our current financial system is a means of theft without people realizing it. It's a means of taking uh, wealth from the poor and the middle class, like I explained before, through inflation. When, it, when a wealthy people print and purchase a large building or, or purchase um, um, any kind of um, asset with their money, but the money that they got for free practically, well, there is a little bit of a, a charge called interest, but the money gets printed whenever you go into debt. And so this is a theft from anyone who just works for the money and saves it. Um, they also do it through the government. The government. Whenever the government goes into debt, they also print the money and effectively steals your wealth, your savings from you without your knowledge. And so this is the most hideous way that uh, governments and corporations rob the average person because as prices continue to go higher, your wages lag behind them. And so, it becomes a very in, insidious system of uh, wealth transfer from anyone who has access, direct access to the printing press, right? From, from no, the, from the people who are poor to anyone who has direct access to the printing press. So it is a very sad system. And so this is why Satoshi got so angry, right? When the banks just got, they were all collapsing and then they all got free money from the printing press, right? And it's like, wait a second here, this is not right. You guys steal, steal, and steal, and then you guys steal even more. So that's that. Um, Satoshi decided to create uh, the, the Bitcoin system, and here we are. And I, I'm so happy we have this system because we were not headed in a, in a positive direction. The ending, end result of our financial system is the impoverishment of every, well, virtually 90% of the population, and uh, only a small 10% would be, have the money. So it's, it's, it's a horrible system. So with things like Bitcoin, would it create greater wealth equality where people have access to more money uh, and, and maybe a, a more equal share of the wealth? 
Yes, it does. It doesn't like, because think about it this way. Um, Bitcoin is a, a deflationary currency. So eventually it always goes up in value and same with gold, right? In the, in the past, um, the, the gold uh, was only, was not increasing as fast as uh, the supply of gold was not increasing as fast as the population was. And so uh, the value of money was going up um, slowly, very slowly, but hardly noticeable. But if you just saved it and you didn't risk it in the bank where it, uh, hey, you know what, they could lend it out to somebody who doesn't pay back, you would see an initial gradual increase in your, uh, your, your, uh, your, what's it called, your level of standard of living. You don't have to like, for example, there in the past, there was no statement of saying, hey, I need to borrow money to buy a house or so I'm never gonna buy, we're never gonna be able to save up and buy one. That did not exist yeah. <laughs> at all, right? You put it up on it, you can't buy it. <laughs> you could actually save and buy it, yeah. right? Prices were stayed and maintained at a level price for an average set of average home. So today, that's not the case. And why is that? Because people can print, which is borrow, and, and raise the price of a home, making it impossible for the average person to save for a home and pay it off outright. In fact, in the past, you would, it would, they would laugh at you if you tried to buy, borrow money to buy a home. Why? Because um, wages, um, because your job, um, would there's an odd there's a probability that you would lose your job and have to go find another job where you paid less because of the slow decreasing um, 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 increasing value of your of your money and because that money is increasing in value that means your wage right it was is effectively increasing even if you stay at the same wage yeah so. Yeah the chance right that unless you promote yourself get yourself promoted you're going to lose your job for somebody else who's going to work for less so that is why in the past you would not borrow money for a house only borrow money to actually produce something that's going to increase uh, that's going to give you value to pay off your loan that's the only time you receive uh, a loan in the past so that's that's why we're here and uh, i'm glad that bitcoin's here and because man it's going to create a renaissance whenever we've converted whenever in the past history like we've seen for example the renaissance only came into being because we switched from paper money money that was being debased to gold money that was not being debased once that happened people were able to save people were able to invest people were able to do the things they needed to do and, and plan further out in the future, right? And know that they would be able to survive, right? By planning and saving in gold. And so they didn't have to worry about it. So making, making that allowed more people wealth, give, giving more people wealth, more people uh, a chance to, to be a part of the wealthy class, even if they were not very smart and be able to just even get, get the basics of their life and be able to retire with some sort of dignity. And this increased, this moved everyone, this moved up all life forms. So we're, I'm gonna see that, we're gonna see that once we convert completely over to Bitcoin, well, the world will be a, a place that um, you won't imagine. It'll be so much better than, than, than what we've got. It's, it's gonna be unbelievable what we're gonna, what, what people are gonna be able to invent, create and, and do once we're all using Bitcoin. Um, the others, I mean, there's a lot there that I'd like to pick on, um, but obviously we haven't got all the time in the world. I know, I know you're a busy guy, Da Vinci. Um, one of the things I want to pick up on, on what you said there was, you said that the world would sort of be a, a lot better with when, when, when Bitcoin or, and crypto or whatever 
take over essentially. Um, I think my sort of concern there, um, or a lot of people's concern, is the fact that uh, we've had in the past a lot of people say things like, oh, this is going to change the world, this is going to revolutionise the world. And although it has, it hasn't really made much of a difference to the poorest in society, right? The ones who are, you know, struggling to eat, struggling, you know, you know like me, I'm lucky, I live in a house, I have food, my parents, my dad works, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I'm talking about the real poor people. How are they or are they really going to benefit? Because in the past, we've had these sort of revolutionary ideas, which have revolutionized things, but only for the people above that poverty line. What about those below? Is it going to help them? Yes, because now they don't have to work. Imagine, imagine trying to work for somebody that's far away in another country uh, in, with our current financial system, where you'd have to transfer them money through their current financial system to that person, a small amount of money. First off, it's not possible because it costs you $30 just to initiate the wire transfer. And minimum, that's the low end of the scale. It's more likely around anywhere from $50 to $150 for a wire transfer. So you couldn't have somebody on their current system working for you on the other side of the world. Today, you can. Right? So this opens up a global market of people being able to work wherever from, where, from, from wherever. Not only that, they can receive a very small wage and they don't have to worry about, hey, wait a second, this small wage is actually going down in value and tomorrow food prices are going to be so high and I won't be able to eat. No, they're going to be able to eat more in the future, not less with that particular wage. And wages are effectively, anything you do today for your wage, for your wage is going to be worth less in the future, the, the work that you've done is going to be worth less in the future. So, for example, let's just say you're uh, you're made, right, and you're cleaning a house and you're getting paid a salary today. That because there's more um, labor and more people coming more and more every single day, that 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 wage, that job is very very going to be very competitive. Very, uh, the prices of that job will go down. So, the value of that today is worth more than it is going to be in the future. So imagine being able to harness all that value, put it in some asset that you can store, and not only will it give you, not only will it keep the value, but it will give you way more. That's what you're getting with Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. So imagine, imagine somebody who's who's making two dollars a day, and that two dollars can, although it can buy very little, it can it will in the future buy a whole lot more than the, what they're doing, what it, what is doing today. So. That is why it's going to revolutionize and for every, it's going to make things way better for everyone on the planet, except, except there is people who will get burned, governments and large corporations. They can, they will have to actually do some, they have to do, corporations will have to do work. Governments will have to actually, you know, be nice <laughs> to people, which is what they don't like doing. They don't want to we'll do be, that. <laughs> be nice, what? What we have to do now? What's going on? Because people could leave, yeah, right? exactly. money and leave. So, and the corporations, they'll actually have to innovate because right now we have corporations that produce things and don't make a profit. And they, are, they might be cool things like Netflix, like uh, the Tesla's vehicle. But the only reason why these companies are existing is because of the free printed money. In a world where money is not free, those companies will not exist. I'm sorry. 
because you're not going to invest some hard-earned money on a prayer that there's one day that they'll get it back to you and there's no plan with that because right now Netflix has no plan to uh, turn profit somewhere in the future. Uh, Tesla has no plan to make, turn a profit in the future. Everybody's hoping for those, but that's not, they don't have a plan for that. I don't think you're going to invest your hard earned money that's really hard, solid money. People are not going to do that in the future. At first, they will because they're used to it, but eventually they'll get burned and learn. And then, of course, uh, well, people will not do that ever, ever, ever again. If a corporation is not making money and not producing something or has no plans, laid out plans for the future to actually turn a profit, they will not exist. So what will investing essentially be completely uh, gone then? Will, will people just stop investing money? in, in what, Once Bitcoin takes over and becomes the sort of major currency, will investing in general just be gone? Because why would anyone invest any money if they can make, if their money is every single day increasing in value? No, that's true. Your money is increasing in value slowly. Eventually, it will be moving slowly, not, not very fast, right? Mm. Very slow. But if you want a rapid increase in your wealth, of course, investing is the, the, the way to go. Um, investing with a, a product that people will want and people will part with their, their precious Bitcoins for uh, is a way to invest in the future. And investing will be a lot easier in the future. No more controls with the SECs and all those kind of nonsense. They will, it'll be moved over to tokens and so forth because it's so much easier. And this allows even more people to participate so the poorest person can actually participate and pull themselves out of poverty because they, you know, they did a little bit of research. They went and found a company that will, um, if they save their, their, uh, their few dollars into, they will actually rapidly increase their, their wealth, but not, uh, not, not slowly. So yeah, it's a lot of opportunities. It'll spread the opportunities for a lot more people around the world, thanks to crypto. You're quite confident. I mean, you were confident in 2011 and you're still quite confident that, that crypto is going to be, you know, uh, is going to transfer, uh, transform the world, is going to be the major sort of currency. How long do you think um, that we're away from that, uh, would you say? I know you're, you, you know, you're not, you know, you can't really give a date, but what, what sort of gate, how many years would you give? Yeah, I, I would say we're like, yeah, before, I think we'll start to really notice it in the next five years, that's really to change, flip over. And then over the next 10 years, that's when, that's when it's going to be like, duh, why didn't we do this before? <laughs> mm. right? It'll be obvious to everybody. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but do you, do you think, because, I mean, obviously we saw this sort of from 2011 to 2020, we saw this quite upwards trend of, of, of crypto. And then we saw this, you know, I don't know, would you label it as some sort of crash that happened where, you know, a lot of people were coming down, were, were coming out of it. They were questioning it. They were like, well, is this, you know, is this true? Is it going to be, is it a thing? Is it a blip? What is it? Um, and then now you're also seeing, you know, banks now, you know, you, you said before banks and big corporations, they're not going to be happy with it. They're acting on it and they're going, well, we're not going to allow this. So for example, in the UK, some of the biggest banks here have already stopped. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the, of the, um, uh, of Binance. They've stopped payments to and from Binance, um, so that you can't actually buy any crypto if you use, if you use the Binance platform. And I'm sure that's going to be the case for other platforms as well. And for other banks too. 
and you also in China as well, they've stopped uh, the use of Bitcoin for certain things. Uh, Tesla has stopped using Bitcoin as well. So there are big corporations that are sort of trying to um, you know, stop it. And, and when big corporations and big banks um, try and stop something, they do tend to get their way because of how much power they hold. Um, we could have went back in time and said, okay, listen, uh, you know, you created this printing press thing, right? Very massive, well, size of a room printing press. And you think you're going to create books so that the poor can learn, right? And be educated. Uh, you think the church is going to appreciate that? You think the government's going to appreciate that? I don't think you're going to stand a chance, buddy. And that's why today we all have books. Oh, wait, that's right, we do. <laughs> There's no way to unthink of uh, this idea is as time has come and there's no way to uninvent the idea and so all they can possibly do is slow it down the eventuality of this is inevitable right that we're use it all is inevitable that's the, the best thing the best they could possibly do is slow it down they can't stop it it's here to stay it can't be uninvented everybody knows how it works it's a free thing it's not some it's not even controlled by by somebody trying to make a profit right? The Bitcoin network. It's open to everybody, right? Imagine, like, compare that to a, a printing press, which somebody was trying to produce a book to make a profit. Big difference there, mm. <laughs> right? <laughs> and yet, we have books today, right? Uh, so, uh, yeah, and they could actually smash the, the printing press. They could go and find people. They could burn the books. They could do all kinds of things in the past. Yet, still, we have books today somehow, right? That's, that's an example today with cryptocurrencies. How are they going to burn it? How are they going to stop it? People still use it, right? You and I can still use it. Mm. People in, in uh, you know, uh, Nigeria, they, they use it, even though I'm sure their government doesn't like it. They're the number one user of Bitcoin. It can't be stopped. It can't be unthought of. And if, uh, if you decide, if, if the United States decides that, hey, they've got no more Bitcoin in this country, you think Nigeria is going to stop? The people in Nigeria are going to stop using it? And they'll just innovate and become wealthier whilst, every, whilst what happens, they stagnate just like uh, the Soviet Union did in the past, right? When they didn't uh, embrace capitalism, right? So it's clear, right? Where's the direction of it? So everybody who will, everyone who, who decides to take up Bitcoin, they will benefit whilst everyone who decides not to will fail. And then eventually they'll come around and say, well, yeah, I guess this is not working. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Eventually, that's what happened to uh, China, right? Mm. Uh, they were, they were com communists and, and, and nothing, they were, dis the, the, they were so impoverished. And eventually they came around to go, yeah, I guess this thing is not working. <laughs> Maybe let's try some else. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then now look at them now. They're the most, well, they're arguably mm -hmm. the most powerful country in the world. Um, mm -hmm. So we've got all these sort of, I mean, so you're confident in Bitcoin, you know, or in crypto, sorry, being, you know, this transformative thing that it's going to take over. We've got all these different sort of coins. What's the difference between all of them? Some of them seem like they're just complete Bad, you know, Dogecoin is a meme coin that seems to go up and down or whatever. Then you've got Bitcoin that, you know, was the first sort of major thing with uh, Satoshi Nakamoto. You've got Ethereum as well. I can't remember what his name is, the guy who, who found that. 
you know, what is the difference between all these different coins and how do people know what is true and what is just essentially a bit of a, a play around and not really a, a real thing? Well, Bitcoin is the, the, the core uh, system where, because it has the most hashing power, is not only because it was first to market, but because you, the, the, the history of Bitcoin is immutable, meaning that it cannot be changed. Uh, it's close to impossible being changed, right? Not absolutely impossible. I mean, maybe if we come up with a system where we brainwashed every single person to be exactly like a robot, and then they all accept, okay, yes, we're going to change Bitcoin. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, everybody would have to agree. And just that that's never happened, right? No one, no one, no, never in history of the world has everyone come together and agreed. Yes, this is true, <laughs> right? On anything, right? Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it, it's there's not the, there's no chance of Bitcoin actually making changes to. So that's why it's the strongest um, uh, currency out there. The other ones, such as Ethereum, are basically uh, they have a lot of uh, features that Bitcoin wanted to put in but couldn't because it knew. Because Satoshi knew that, hey, wait a second, uh, we'd have to like uh, make this thing uh, less, uh, less, less, more centralized than it would be, than we want it to be, right? Because um, Ethereum has to be, because Ethereum is super complicated. They have to actually reduce, they have to actually sell, produce, I mean, sorry, uh, give people an update every once in a while to, to fix any problems. So that means, the first version of Ethereum that you have does not run today. The first version of Bitcoin runs today. So it's very easy to change the consent, the rules of Ethereum because everybody has to update their software all the time. So all you have to do is, you know, to point a gun at a few people and say, hey, change the rules and update everybody's uh, software. Yeah. Right? And that's it. Right? That's all it takes. And uh, anything can change, right? But with Bitcoin, no, you can't because there's systems and satellites that are embedded that run on, uh, on this fixed platform that it's, it is what it is and they can't change it. If it changes, then all their hardware becomes useless. And so this makes it that much stronger. Now, other currencies, they, they try to boast the same thing, but unfortunately, they don't have the hashing power uh, because... Uh, you know, Bitcoin has sucked up all the, uh, the the hashing power because it has the most value. And so they're not as strong in the sense that, hey, someone could produce uh, equipment to actually go and make the changes in the in the past, and like through through uh, by, by purchasing enough equipment. And, and, and the, the equipment is only a small amount uh, needed for most of uh, most currencies, probably not Dogecoin so much. Maybe, maybe I don't know, I have to look into it. But uh, but it's still probably a, a chance that Dogecoin could get affected, but not so much. Mm. And so that's why people love Dogecoin and it's a big meme coin and, and it's doing very well. And you know, it's I, I, if you never I never underestimate the power of a meme and and what uh, uh, kids would do because imagine and because it's it's there's so much um, coins out there. People are buying it at a low price, and then they can dream. Oh, what happens when it comes to dollar? Ooh, I'll have, I'll be have millions, right? Especially. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is the key thing for all those different meme coins that they can, they can push out a whole bunch of coins to people, 
and they can have millions and millions and millions of coins and 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 then they go, oh my God, man! This, I know it's not a dollar yet. Heck, Satoshi, no, what's it called? Shiba, Shiba, Shiba Inu coin, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Is, uh, that that's not even a penny yet. You could dream about it being a penny. <laughs> yeah, it's You'd mental. Be so yeah. Rich. <laughs> and then you just have loads of money when it gets to a penny because you bought it at such a low low uh, value. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. No, but, it, is, yeah. it definitely is. Um. I think um, sort of one of, again, I know I'm sort of, I know you're, you seem like this sort of optimistic and positive guy about crypto and whatever. Uh, and I know I'm coming across as someone who's very negative and trying to, I'm almost representing the corporations and you're representing the normal common people. Um, I think one of the other things that um, sort of interests me is, you know, people or whoever Satoshi Nakamoto is, obviously he's this anonymous person slash maybe even a group of people. Um, uh, they have access to a lot of Bitcoins. And I think I read somewhere where if, if that person or that group were to go public as to who they are and Bitcoin was to reach a certain amount, they would essentially be in the top five, 10% of richest people in the world automatically. Uh, and I think that's another sort of worry for people is you've, similar to the current system, you have these top 1% that have all the hold. With Bitcoin as well, it seems like there's still a top 1% that also still have the hold because they have the most amount of Bitcoins. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's start, let's uh, start with um, the people who, who um, first Satoshi, which whether, whether it's a group or, or, or individual, most likely it's an individual because... A group of people, one person cannot keep two people. One person is really difficult to keep their mouth shut, but two people, yeah, <laughs> yeah whatever, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and if if it's even more, forget it, right? So it's definitely not a group. It's most likely just one person, and that one person is most likely dead already, because if you study monetary history, right? If I created Bitcoin. There's no way I'd, I'd tell you that I, that I did it. <laughs> Just it wouldn't happen because mm. I studied monetary history. The banks, whenever they get screwed over by somebody, they shoot them dead, <laughs> right? Oh, okay. Presidents, right? Uh, yeah, they 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 assassinate. They are they are behind most of the assassinations in the history uh, of the world. So yeah, you might not want to get a, a bank the banking system upset. Um, so. So Satoshi probably understood that, right, as he was inventing this and he knew it was probably going to work. So he actually made sure that he remained anonymous. Now, as to whether or not he owns those coins, it's difficult to say because remember, a lot of people have lost mind the coins and didn't think that it was going to work out and just said, ah, screw it, I don't care. And that's that. And, um, and, and just left the coins and didn't bother uh, using them. So uh in the his, in the older version of of uh of bitcoin he when it, when it was creating those coins it was creating them on new addresses every single time so it's hard to tell whether or not those coins belong to satoshi or somebody else that had forgotten them and so um we don't know exactly how much he's got if he's got the keys for the each, each of those uh those coins and, and he probably does not um, if he is still alive. So uh, it, it's probably not a problem. Now, as for the people who have went in and purchased a lot of Bitcoin beforehand because they saw its value, you can't rain down on their parade and say, hey, wait a minute, these guys are horrible. They bought Bitcoin before, before everybody else did. I mean, come on, 
man, really? <laughs> they took the risk. They saw what it was and took the risk, and it could have it could have turned badly. So they deserve the reward, especially if they held it. And eventually, they're going to use it. And so once they do, it's going to trickle out to everybody else that wants to buy it. So all you have to do is just like, you know, buy some Bitcoin and eventually people, they, those people who bought early will eventually sell. Now, some people like Michael Saylor will not sell because um, he planned, he's already said so. And, you know, long as our current, and if you're smart about it, really, as long as our current financial system exists and you are at the top 1%, you don't need to sell your yeah, yeah. because you can print money. <laughs> like Michael Saylor's doing, right? You don't need it. <laughs> So yeah, it's um, it's there's never a need until actual Bitcoin until Bitcoin becomes act the actual money for for them to use it. Once once our current financial system collapses, that's when they can use it, and uh, because hey, they can buy it up. Yeah, because they have the access to print as much as these as they want. Fair enough. Um, I've just got two quick questions because I know we were really um uh, short for time. Uh, my first one is is do you is there sort of a, a coin that's sort of on the rise that you're sort of particularly looking at that you think that could um sort of go up a bit? This isn't financial advice, obviously, but some one that sort of you're particularly interested in, or, or or is Bitcoin sort of all in uh, everything for you? I do have an answer. I do have a coin, but I don't give it out because I'm afraid that people will put all their money into it and I'm wrong and then they, it goes to zero. So I don't do that. I don't recommend that at all. So I don't mention a specific coin uh, because of that, because I'm afraid that, you know, people go, oh, really? Did you say that? I'm going all in. Right? Yeah. And yeah, you shouldn't do that, right? I, mean, I could say that, hey, no, you should only put 5%, but people will ignore that advice and do it anyway. So I don't, I don't particularly uh, mention one particular coin, right? So, yeah, I was about to go. I had my phone ready there. I was like, right, I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna hit everything I've got in the bank, put it in. Da Vinci, in five years time, if it's not gone up, I'm coming for you, mate. The, if the banks aren't after you, but I'll be after you. <laughs> um, uh, my uh, my final uh, question to you is: uh, I'm 19 years old. I know I didn't mention it to you, um, and one of the reasons why I started this podcast was um, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, and I want speak to people that sort of um you know who had more experience maybe they did know what they wanted to do with their life uh, and could sort of offer me some advice so um to sort of uh, people that are around 20 20 years old what sort of advice would you give them right now um uh, in in general in crypto whatever what advice would you give to uh, 20 year olds roughly 20 year olds right now well one is to um go after your dreams and, and don't stop until if you you fail right and when do you fail is when you're dead so that's guess what you'll, you'll never fail until you know i'm on this planet so keep going keep going no matter what and also right if you're if you're going to save if you want to save for your future <clears throat> put a portion into bitcoin but also uh, invest in yourself right um if you have an idea that you think that's going to do well um and you want to produce it and you can produce it yourself go ahead and do so and uh, and then take that money to invest in yourself. It's okay. You'll have lots of time to, to start over and try again and save again. It's okay. But uh, always don't be afraid to take risks and um, go ahead and uh, try something new and do something that nobody, everybody thinks that you can't do.
Brilliant. Thank you so much, Da Vinci. I've ended it there. Uh, I've ended the recording there. Um, that was amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on. I, re I didn't really expect, expect a, re a response, to be honest, when I initially sent out the email. But um, yeah, that was amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. I know you're um, uh, strict for time. Um, uh, and yeah, I, it was an absolute pleasure. Um, and mm -hmm. I, I got a, a lot from it, and I'm sure a lot of my uh, a lot of the my viewers will will also get a lot. Some of them, a lot of my friends were excited that I was having you on. I told them more about sort of your video you did in 2011, and they were like, "Oh yeah, ask him this, ask him that." Um, so yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Hopefully, we can do um, something again soon as well. Maybe go a bit longer. Um, and yeah, it was an absolute pleasure, uh, Da Vinci. I'll uh, I'll let Carolina know when it's uploaded. It will probably be uploaded in August time. Um, and if you can share it on your social medias and stuff like that, I'd really appreciate Definitely. it. Um, Just send but, me send me a link and I will. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much, Da Vinci. Anyway, um, yeah, enjoy. Uh, enjoy whatever you've got up next. Have a great day. Take care, mate. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. And that is it for this week's episode of the podcast. It is probably one of the shortest ones I've I've done in I don't even know in how long, but uh, despite being so short, it was uh, one of the most educational and definitely one that everyone needs to uh, give a listen to or uh, on a topic that everyone should probably know a little bit more about. I learned a hell of a lot. I watched it. I listened to it back uh, to make some notes uh, and it was fascinating. And hopefully uh, I can get Da Vinci on again. Um, and yeah, if you did enjoy it, then please do feel free to give us a follow, uh, leave us a review and make sure you share us on your social medias, tagging at MMHY podcast on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. Until next time.